Welcome back to the show after the show, the Two Justins Soccer Podcast. A show where Justin and Justin, after recording our other podcast, talk about our love for the beautiful game. All right, and now we're on to the final uh, bit of business, yeah. and that is the soccer portion. And so for, for soccer, um, I guess we can do a briefest of brief recaps. Not even recap, just thoughts, end of the World Cup, mm-hmm. France winning, kind of from the way the last couple of games played out, seemed pretty inevitable. Oh, yeah. So they killed it in the last Even though three we games. completely did not pick them in our in our picks no, leading I, up to I had them losing like way back. <laughs> <laughs> well even in the last podcast, like we Oh yeah. We, still didn't, <laughs> we didn't even have them in there. Uh yeah. shows how much we know. Yeah. But Yeah, it was good. I thought France. Yeah. They did well. Yeah. I mean they fought hard for it and they're physical and Yeah, uh, and you feel bad for, for Croatia, but it, it seemed like it was always an up uphill climb even to make it that far like they should be proud that they made oh, yeah. it up all the way there i mean they they fought some big like countries that should have been up there and who got did they did it in the world cup do they do man of the like a, a player of the world cup i'm just curious i think it was someone from france because france won all right so best young player was Kylian mbappe oh he's so good though yeah he's he's really good uh, the golden ball was Luka Modric. Yep, that's what I must have seen. Eden Hazard. Yep, Eden Hazard. Was and, the silver. And then Griezmann was yep. the bronze. The golden boot for most goals uh, was Harry Kane. And then Griezmann with four. Mm. Lukaku also with four. Yeah, I think they'll be good in the future. They're a young team, just yeah. like USA. Which, to segue into the yeah. future, we want to talk <laughs> about the future of U.S. soccer. Man. Yeah, future's Exciting. bright. Yeah. Future's bright. So basically what we want to do is uh, just kind of share some few thoughts here as we're probably looking to wrap up because yeah. we're uh, actually a half hour at least longer than the record time shows <laughs> since we had to go back and re-record. Yeah. Um, the YouTube link, there's a YouTube link to a playlist in the uh, video description, or, or sorry, in the podcast description, <laughs> there, there, there will be one. That link leads to a series of videos uh, called Rising mm-hmm. on the U.S. Men's National Team YouTube page. And it uh, is, I think, 13 videos. I think yeah. it's like 11 different players that it's outlining. And then there's two, like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, like 11 players that they're overviewing. Yeah. And then, like, two promo videos. Yeah, to bookend it. And, uh, yeah, it just... Uh, I think it does a very good job of highlighting... Uh, some star talent, star level talent yeah. in in the young American soccer players and futures bright. Twenty twenty six World Cup is here, yeah, and uh, most of the core that is outlined in that will be right in the middle of their yeah. prime. Twenty six, twenty nine, in that range yeah. of age, yeah, for home soccer. So uh, maybe a little early, but. World Cup win uh, USA 2026. Well, and there's a World Cup in between that. So hopefully yeah, so some hopefully of these players will be really good experience going into that. And even if they don't play a lot, like getting to be on the first team and be a part of a World Cup team. Totally. would be really cool. Um, I really like the videos, how they weren't just about who they are now as far as like where they play 
but also where they, where they came there. from. Yeah, yeah, like I think it's cool when you can look at a player and just talk to the coaches from see what the coaches had to say about those players from when they were young and just what set them apart. Um, so yeah, I thought the videos. Were why don't you pick? Why don't you pick two to just highlight, and I'll pick two. Um, you you can go first. <laughs> And then we'll just give some yeah. thoughts on those individual players. Uh, and this is just a hype podcast right now. <laughs> this, yeah. is, this is just to hype some pe- players yeah. to get excited. I think two two players that stuck out, the first one being um, Carter Vickers. Mm-hmm. Um, he's 20 years old. He has like a, not dual citizenship, but his mom was... British. His mom was British. His dad was from... Ad- not Atlanta, Louisiana Maybe, or something. Yeah, somewhere, somewhere in the, in the south. south. And he played basketball overseas uh, after playing two seasons in the NBA. And yeah. he went overseas and um, met Carter Vickers' mom. And then he lived in London his entire life. Was it London? In in Europe. Yeah, yeah. It's I don't know. He's born on South End on Sea. <laughs> yeah. So England. British so names. he lived in England mm-hmm. his entire life. But then for summers would visit his dad in the Americas. And yeah, I think just him being brought up in England and having that, that side of not just being brought, not that America's bad in their developmental leagues. Cause obviously these players, a lot of these players came through American leagues, but I think there's a difference coming from England, just yeah. the mindset and the, the way you're trained is different over there. The speed of play, the strength, the endurance, the physicality, it's just different. So I think having that on his side of like, hey, I grew up in England and played for these um, English clubs in their development. He, Tottenham, I think, is where he got under, into their um, youth academy. Is at Tottenham. Mm-hmm. Um, plays defense. He's a defender. So I think, I think he's just going to be solid. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think it's 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 fun to highlight who they play for because so many players on this list play for very large names. Yeah. It's not just like soccer. Yeah. It's not just like second division or third division pro teams. It's like premier league. Right. Top of the table. Um, the other one I want to highlight, I think he's the same for you is just Tim Weah. (laughs) Yeah. That was, that was one. Definitely. And I have him written down on here. I have a few other ones, uh, but I mean, he plays for like one of the best clubs in the world. As an 18-year-old. As an 18-year-old. And he's on the first team. Yeah. And, and he's, he's American. Sc- and he scored a goal. He plays for Paris Saint-Germain. Yeah. And uh, he, every day he's playing with Neymar and Di Maria, right? Is Di Maria plays for PSG, Neymar, PSG. Cavani. Yeah, it's just the talent level because PSG is just buying these players yeah. like crazy for large amounts. Like he's getting the, he's getting the opportunity. Mbappe. Mbappe, he's getting the opportunity as an 18-year-old, I don't know, just to play with some players that are... They're a cut above the cut above yeah. in, in general. And even coming out of, like, an academy. Right. Um, and he's been, yeah, he's been at PSG since he was, like, 15. Yeah. So, so he's been there for a while. He's been in their system. He lives on their training grounds. Like yeah. Like, he just walks, you know. So I think coming out of, like, a normal academy, like, if I think about... Just any player that, let's say, is in a Chelsea academy, uh, 18 years old, gets to play on the first team, like sit on the bench or whatever that is. Like, yes, I'm a I'm a huge Chelsea fan, 
Um, but they don't have all the best players, you know, like they don't, they have some players on their, their first team that start that you wouldn't really know of. And it's not like it's, Mm -hmm. yes, they're a good team. Um, but you look at like PSG, these players have played for like Real Madrid and just like these powerhouse teams. Right. And it's not like these are new people in the league. Like these are veteran players that are just outstanding, you know, like you said, just highly elevated players. And he's getting the chance as an 18 year old to play underneath some of like the best players in the world. Yeah. Um, just, just in training going against these players and then getting to play for the U S like that's, I feel like to have that talent on the, on the team is pretty incredible. I think. Yeah. And from where U S soccer has been in the past, it feels like confidence is so important in sports and, I don't know. It just feels like you you go onto any soccer field as Tim Weah, knowing that you belong because you're an 18 year old on the first team of PSG. You know, like yeah, like how does that? I mean, I can't imagine what that feels like. Like you belong on any soccer field in the world. Like it doesn't matter where it is, what the tournament is. Picked first. (laughs) Like you belong there. And I thought it was his dad, George Weah. Mm-hmm. AC Milan for a long time. PSG. PSG. And Monaco. Yep. Like he was a. Three a, really big clubs, yeah. like 200 and, caps. And like some of these play, like you look at these players that are coming up on these rising videos, um, a few of them, their dads played like professionally or coached really, you know, coached, mm-hmm. coached, but none like Tim Weah, where you have a dad that. Is like, like a legend at a player, couple of different like clubs. player of the world before. Yeah. Like, that's that's like, and he's also the pres- president of Liberia now. Yeah, like that's insane. <laughs> or Libya, so you, Lib- <laughs> Libya, and your dad, your dad is George Weah, and I think I talked about that in the rising video was, <clears throat> like, if you put on a Weah jersey, like everybody knows who yep. Weah is, and I thought it was funny. <laughs> just a little side note, I thought it was funny in the beginning of the video. He talks about how he was like six years old, and his dad was like, "Hey man, you're like you know who your dad is?" Or some guy was like, "Hey, you know who your dad is?" And he's like, "No, I don't know. He's my dad. I don't know." Mm-hmm. And he like started looking at videos of his dad and like just seeing how awesome his dad was at soccer. Yeah, like, that'd be crazy. Yeah, looking up YouTube videos. There's another guy. Uh, real quick. Um, well, we just lost another <laughs> <laughs> recording. Gosh dang! Did it? Did it catch all of my Tim Wayne stuff? I wonder. Yeah. About his dad. Yeah. Yeah. So the other player, real quick, that I want to highlight before you jump into what you were going to share. Yep. Um, as Christian Roldan, I think. I think he rolled on. Rolled on. Yep. Roldan. Rolled on. I think he, again, has the potential, like, just where he came from and, and having that mindset of um, he didn't play for those development academies. He didn't play for any of those big-name clubs, um, but he just stayed where he was born and played for his local high school and mm-hmm. wanted to win championships there and won three out of the four years that he was there. Um, just really says something to, like, his character, who he is. Um, real quick, I should have mentioned this before, but he – has two immigrant parents, one from El Salvador mm-hmm. and one from, I forget the other, <clears throat> but they moved to the small city in LA, which was mostly immigrants and maybe people that didn't have the most opportunities like some of the others. And um, he chose to stay with his friends in his school because he liked it and was proud of like where he was from. I don't know. I think as a player too, like I didn't say this before, but like you would want that on your team, like yeah. being proud of, you know, that's somebody you want to play with. And yeah, yeah. And, and that, and, and in his story about like, <clears throat> he didn't even, the idea behind it of like, he didn't even put his hand on his heart when he was 
in the national anthem like before a game in high school because he didn't know where he was going to end up playing and he wanted like it to be really special when he mm-hmm. did it with a USA jersey on and now he gets to do it. Yeah, I know, thought that like, was a cool little um so yeah, I think he's going to be a really cool player just to kind of see develop and plays for a good team in the MLS Seattle Sounders and Nice. Yeah, uh I'll try to keep it short because we just have to, we take three steps forward and two steps yeah. back. It's taken a long time to get through this and I'm sure our wives are wondering where we're at. Um, so yeah, I just wanted to point, point out, uh, the three different, uh, players, Christian Pulisic, 19 from Pennsylvania, Josh Sargent from Missouri, 18, Weston McKinney, 19 from Texas, Schalke, Werder Bremen, Dortmund, reverse order of what I said. Yeah. Yeah. And they, yeah, we just have such talented players playing at the top flight of German football. Um, it's just really exciting. And actually playing. And actually like playing. On the field. Yeah. Um, actually playing important roles uh, on the team, especially in Christian Pulisic's case. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, arguably the most talented American player ever already. Yeah. Um, and that's a lot to put on on somebody. But just the role that he's already playing at 19 – for Dortmund feels like it's just one of the biggest roles that an American player has ever played. Uh, we, we, there's other players and, um, you know, but it just, it just feels like because of his age, uh, it's just, uh, something important mm-hmm. to note, but it feels like Josh Sargent is right on the heels of yeah. that, yeah. um, with what, what he's already doing at Werder Bremen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I don't know, like you mentioned Cameron Carden Vickers, um, Weston McKinney. I, I like, uh, the look of our defense going forward. Mm-hmm. I like that they highlighted uh, basically a first 11 yeah, yeah. With, with the players that they had. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, uh, I'm very excited. DeAndre Yedlin yeah, playing for Rafa Benitez yeah. back in the Premier League with Newcastle mm-hmm. and seems to really have found his spot there with Newcastle. Yeah. And he's the old one on the team at 25, you know, of those 11 that mm-hmm. are being highlighted. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I think the future is bright. Yeah, any any closing closing thoughts as we end this recording? No, I think it's just like you said. I think it's just really cool to see all these young players in the U.S. from the U.S. that can go and play at a high level, um, especially like in a German league. That that's like that's that's just so much different of a level too than yeah. If you're gonna go play in Spain or Italy or you know any of these places, it's just different. Um, yeah. It definitely it watching these videos, which I highly recommend go watch all of them. Yeah. Each one's less than ten minutes. Yeah. And it definitely made me feel like maybe people weren't wrong about the soccer revolution. Mm-hmm. Uh but they just expected it to happen too soon and we really needed like a whole generational yeah. turnover. Yeah. They're all almost the exact same age. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay, maybe this is when like all of the investment that we've been putting in, we've been past. putting in for the past twenty years, people, yeah, yeah that nineteen ninety eight, <laughs> you know, people yeah. expected us to be really good after we hosted the the tournament, yeah, uh, in ninety four, 
and then we and then we crashed out of the tournament in 98 yeah. but hey if we hosted a tournament in 94 people got really into it people got married over the next couple of years started having kids in 98 yeah. we're just now seeing what might the be the results of that yeah it makes me <clears throat> it makes me really excited for like malachi and my kids to be a part like to know that uh just soccer's changing mm-hmm. from even like when i was a kid that the opportunity is actually yeah. there. Yeah, like when I was a kid, like there were still really good clubs, but like the odds of me like coming from Arizona to play for like a university were really hard mm-hmm. and just not like as po- like as highly possible as playing football or something different. Right, because we didn't have D1 soccer at a state college. We don't. In no, we didn't. Yeah, we do now. At Grand Canyon, yep. right? Yeah, which is third – they're a really good team. Like yeah. Grand Canyon's doing awesome. And um, but I think like for my kids, knowing that soccer is gonna be more <clears throat> watched and more talked about and just more of a accepted sport, mm-hmm. I guess I could say, as far as like people not hating on it all the time. Uh, I'm just excited to see like hopefully my kids like I really want my kids to play soccer. And I just think there's so much better better opportunities, there's better training, there's better coaching staffs. Yeah, um, better recruiting, like just all of the things that come with a growing love of a sport. Just hopefully it continues to stay that way. EPL is back. Yeah. Back, baby. Yeah, and we I thought we, we were supposed to record this before EPL had even started back up again. But it started this weekend. Chelsea won 3-0. Liverpool's at the top of the league, 4-0. Oh, you guys got four. Yes, yes. You must have scored one. Sturge in- scored, scored in the, like, 88. Oh, man. You guys have such a good team, though. I love it. I, I mean, I don't – I love Chelsea, but you're not Man U, so I can support a little bit. <laughs> Neither of us are Manchester United fans. No, because that would be Ugh, awful. The worst thing ever. I'd be sick to, sick to my stomach. Along with every other American that watches EPL. Yeah. That watches Man United. Yeah, EPL started back up, which is really awesome. It seems like – the break, I guess, doesn't seem that long because no, they break basically May, May to August. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's just nice to see everybody back from the World Cup and just like mm-hmm. have the team back together. Chelsea <clears throat> really didn't lose anything incredible except for their goalkeeper. Yeah, Thiabat Courtois, and then you paid <laughs> even more to to replace him. Yeah. He looked okay. Well, I forget his name. It's like as Abizagala or something. Yeah. Our new goalie. And he did good. But like player wise, like our our starting eleven, <clears throat> we got a few new players like Jorginho, Jorginho, Jorginho. Mm-hmm. and then we have Barkley playing now a lot. Mm-hmm. Or it seems like he's gonna play a lot. He played almost the whole game. Came out like in the eightieth. Eden Hazard didn't come on to like the seventy sixth minute, which I thought was kind of weird. Yeah. Um, that he didn't start at least. <clears throat> um, Conte looked good. William looked good. Uh, who else? Didn't play? Uh, Giroud didn't play at all the whole game, unless they're just like saving him because it was yeah. against Huddersfield. Huddersfield, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. Excited it's back. Liverpool looks so good though. Yeah, I'm excited. I think Liverpool's gonna have a really good team, but I think. Um, rather than doing something like giving predictions for the EPL. This podcast, we want to more talk about mm-hmm. uh, the person listening. If you're not a soccer fan, like you should, is now's the perfect time. You should pick a team, 
Yeah. Uh, maybe just go with who's currently on top. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you can't throw that in there. <laughs> now you pick any team you want, okay? <laughs> pick, pick a team. And uh, yeah, now's the perfect time to get into Premier League soccer. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, do what we did and uh, just arbitrarily pick a team yeah. to start following. And uh, so we're just going to talk a little bit about that, how we chose the teams that we chose and uh, what we've liked, some players we've, we've liked from them, from how long we've been following them. And, and, yeah, so how long have you been a Chelsea fan? I started following Chelsea probably, like, really, really following them, like actually, like, learning about their players and, like, looking at their death charts and, like, all those things. Um, probably freshman year of high school, freshman or sophomore year. I started playing with Chelsea on FIFA, though, before that, um, because I liked the way their jerseys looked. So, (laughs) like, when I started playing FIFA when I was younger, I didn't know – I, even though I played soccer growing up, I really didn't fully understand, like, club soccer. Like, I just – I feel like when I would play FIFA, I'd just go to, like, international and pick, like, a country. Like, I didn't really understand, like, Premier League and La Liga and – Yep. I didn't I really know what any of those were. And then <clears throat> I was playing with some friends that were fans of some EPL clubs, and um, I started looking around in there, and I saw Chelsea, and that's that. I didn't – nothing else. Like, I've always been a Chelsea fan since that point. And then once I got into high school, <clears throat> I was more playing soccer a lot more, more competitively, um, starting to just watch more soccer to try and learn, like, what it looks like to be a good defender or whatever. Yeah. So I started watching Chelsea a lot more. And I think that's when I kind of started picking up like, Hey, these are some players that I've kind of grown accustomed to that. I liked a lot. If I were to take all of like Chelsea that I've watched over the years. So I grew up playing defense and like center defender, Mm -hmm. center, center defender, and then like a defensive mid player. So I, I didn't really score a lot of goals like growing up. Like I didn't push forward a lot in high school. I didn't have, you know, a ton of goals. So I really liked the defensive side of soccer, like being on the defense. Um, so when I would watch Chelsea, the majority of my time would be spent watching like John Terry um, and uh, Ivanovic, who played on the right. Uh, mm-hmm. In high school, it was it was Ashley Cole that played in the back as well. So my favorite players, if I were to think back over like all the years I've been watching, uh, I I really like John Terry, and not just because. He's a good player, um, and I, I'm not going to, like, look at his personal life and say, like, man, he, like, cheated on his wife or whatever, or cheated on – there was, like, an affair thing that went on with yeah. him and a player's wife or something. Yep. And Men in Blazers talks about it all the time. But um, <laughs> I just – I him as a player, he's an incredibly good defender. Like, his positioning, um, he's a, the captain of that team for so long. Everybody respected him. Everybody knew who he was. Like, he just – he like ran that team really, really yeah. well, and even even more so than I think, like uh, Peter Check did from the back. I mean, oh, usually yeah. your goalie is 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 leading your defenders and and trying their best to like, you know, speak from the back like, hey, this is what you do. Like, I need you here. I need you here. I need you here. You see it all the time, but even more so, I think John Terry was more of that for that back line. Um, so he was probably the defender. He had his signature like slide, that slide mm-hmm. where he would go in front of shots and and he was loyal to Chelsea for a really long time until recently you know switching Aston Villa once he was kind of done with Chelsea but just from my high school days until two years ago it's John Terry's been like a staple to the back four um and then I'd say my second player behind him um 
is uh, Michael Essien. I don't know if you remember Michael Essien. He played like a, uh, a center. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember Essien. Yeah. Um, a defending midfielder. Um, kind of played almost like a stopper position. That's not really present anymore in the EPL because everybody plays a flat four or four in the back. But he played a like kind of a stopper position. <clears throat> and he was just physical, won everything in the air. Um played fully in the defense. I mean, he was just an incredible player. And um, he could play off the ball a ton, too, and he would make runs up through the middle, and he was a really fun player to watch. Um, so those two players are probably <clears throat> my favorite players to come out of Chelsea. And if I, if I look at the whole span, too, of, like, when I've been following them, if you think back of, like, Chelsea when they won the EPL, which not the last time they won it. Well, I guess they won it a few times, but I'm trying to think, like, when I was in college, like my first two years of college, um, they were – they had like that starting eleven that was like awesome. They had Didier Drogba as a mm-hmm. forward. They had Nicolas Anelka as a forward. They had Fernando Torres that would come off the bench. They had uh, Maluda playing on the left. They had Michael Bollock playing on the right. They had Michael mm-hmm. Essie in the middle. Ivanovic, Ashley Cole, John Terry. They had Peter Check in the back. Like they just had like a stellar squad of people. That was just really really fun to watch. Especially with people like Didier Drogba and Nicolas Anelka on the top. Yeah, um, Nic- I, Nicolas Anelka. I think I liked Dior Dragwa scored most of the goals, but Nicholas Anelka was an incredible forward too. Mm-hmm. Like I love watching Chelsea now and I love like watching their players and like it's my favorite team, but I think still like that's my favorite team when they had those eleven players that were always starting that were just incredible and good yeah. good team to watch, fun team to watch. This is when they lost in the Champions League to Barcelona with that goal that was like upper V from Iniesta. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember that that one, but uh, which <clears throat> I don't remember what year because <clears throat> they won Barso. the Champions League final in like 2012, right? Yeah, yeah, I remember watching that game and then they lost one final against Barcelona. Was that the year after? Yeah, the maybe. next year. Yeah, man, Chelsea had some ugly jerseys on though on Saturday. <laughs> they had those <laughs> yellow, this the yellow kits with the, the bl- royal blue socks. Yeah. I like, gosh, those are so ugly. Who picks these it's things It's pretty out? rough. It's pretty rough. <laughs> so wear your normal, like, wear your normal blue. Well, I guess Huddersfield had blue on, but. Yeah. yeah. Uh, similarly, uh, my love of soccer, I think, began mostly with FIFA. And uh, the team that, through playing FIFA, that I really began to like, um, and it was purely stylistically, I would never say that I'm a fan of them now is Bayern Munich uh, because stylistically in FIFA, I just wanted to run it up the wings and cross. <laughs> and in Bayern Munich, that was the best team for a long time to be able to do that with because you had Ribery and Robin in their prime. So oh, yeah. either wing, no matter where you found yourself, <clears throat> running it up and crossing, it was easy. Yeah, And he had Mario Gomez in the middle to, to score. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I I decided I wanted an English team. I didn't want to. I knew going in, I didn't want to pick Manchester United, and I didn't want to pick uh, Chelsea or Arsenal mm. because two of my friends were Chelsea and Arsenal fans, and there was one Man City fan, and so I knew going in, all of those teams were off the table. And man, imagine you a Chelsea fan. Be it'd be sad. <laughs> <laughs> and. So then you start researching uh, because this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to pick your fandom. Yeah. I feel like most of your fandoms are picked for you mm-hmm. based off of, like, your family mm-hmm. and uh, and where you live. 
those are the the thing the factors that really play into it and we don't live in england so yeah so we get <laughs> a, a chance to choose um one of my favorite bands uh through high school and now is the wombats yeah, yeah. and they're from liverpool and then the beatles are also from liverpool so that was a couple of checks in the right direction mm-hmm. and uh everton's crest uh is kind of terrible so that took the only other liverpool team out of the running yeah uh, Liverpool's crest is awesome, and then when you start researching like the supporter yeah. culture, uh, you, the you'll never walk alone. Uh, now that Bruce Dortmund also sings, is sung since the, like the '90s, but um, you know it, it, it's uh, a song that was in the musical Carousel. It was covered covered by Jerry and the Peacemakers, uh, a local Liverpool uh, band in like the '60s, and. Uh, yeah, ever since then it's, it's become an anthem. And I think, I think the best sound in all of sports is Anfield singing. You'll never walk alone before the start of a game, I agree. especially like a champions league game. It's just chills. Yeah. It's like 50,000 people all singing in unison. Like sounds so good. It's awesome. And, and I think, uh, you know, the supporter culture is one that, that really tries to do that. Like even with Carius, uh, the making the mistakes to cost us the the Champions League final last year. You know, there's constantly people r- reminding each other to mm-hmm. like not take out your anger on him. Like he's still a Liverpool player, and you know we never let any any one of us walk yeah. alone. You yeah. know, so yeah. like like there's really a feel of like uh, of that being a part of of the culture of Liverpool. Yeah fandom and and so that was really attractive to me and being able to choose to opt in to to that um was was good they had american owners at the time if i had done more research it might have helped it might have deterred me from being uh, a fan of them because hicks and gillett were a terrible time for liverpool mm-hmm. um, but once they sold to finway sports right, group uh sports <laughs> ventures uh john henry they it's been it's been all up it's been yeah. all aces from there so um <clears throat> you know i i can't pretend to you know it's been i think we're coming on nine years of being a fan mm-hmm. of liverpool um so it hasn't been you know more than half my life yeah uh but it has been uh a significant chunk of my adulthood and uh you know so i've seen i've been able to see some some of the worst lows of, of Liverpool yeah. football in the late 2010s. Mm-hmm. I, I chose to be a fan, basically thrust into the worst yeah. part of like the history of Liverpool Football Club, which if you don't know, listener, is uh, they are arguably the most successful English soccer team of all time. They haven't won a league title in my lifetime, however. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the last one they won was in in the 89-90 season, yeah. before the formation of the Premier League. Since mm-hmm. the Premier League has been formed as an entity, yeah. uh, they have not won. Uh, they've won a Champions League final and been to two others since then, um, but they haven't won the league. And yeah. so that's a big monkey on the back of Liverpool fans. And because of that massive gap of time, without have won, having won the league in the in the following 25 years uh Manchester United has won a majority of mm-hmm. of those league titles with Alex Ferguson and that has put them slightly ahead 
in the number of league titles. But again, I want to remind you, it's not just about league titles. No. Liverpool has won five Champions League titles, which is uh, far more than any other English team. So, and one of only like five other teams to have done it Barcelona, Real Madrid, mm-hmm. uh, Bayern Munich, Liverpool, and Ajax, I think. Yeah. Maybe not Bayern Munich. Maybe, uh, no. maybe Milan. Yeah, maybe. I, we researched this recently. Yeah. I remember. I don't think it's Bayern Munich, though. So maybe think, it's Ajax. Yeah, I think. Well, Ajax I for, for sure is on there. Yeah. I, I think, too, for Liverpool, like looking at them now, I don't know. They're like set up for success, too. I, I feel like this is the first time yeah. since I've been a fan of theirs where I feel like we, we don't have just a hopeful team. I feel like last year was, man, this team could be really good. And it, and it turned out we were right. But now now we have a team that is legitimately a contender. Like Yeah, and a coach that has the ability to definitely. take his players there. And you can just tell the trust they have with like their coach and players and the team dynamic they have is really just cool to see. Yeah, I'd say since I've been a fan, Klopp is my most favorite <laughs> Liverpool <laughs> player. Um, and his celebrations. And his celebrations. <laughs> um, no, I think, um, I mean, Steven Gerrard is the yeah. only uh, i've got steven gerard and fernando torres jersey and that was I like the l- best years of torres yeah the best years of torres liverpool. were were in at liverpool before he started having knee injuries and el nino and uh gerard just his ability to take control of a game and be the deciding outcome mm-hmm. um is just incredible uh same with suarez uh, i miss suarez a lot but uh, Bobby Chompers, Firmino, Mane, like there's a lot to like oh, right yeah. now. So I feel like we are really in a, a great time to be a Liverpool fan. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, yeah. yeah. So that's just kind of our, our thoughts on our favorite teams, how mm-hmm. we got there. And as you can see, like we just kind of chose. So, again, we encourage you, like just choose a team and start watching that team. That's what's what's important. And it's easier now than ever to, to oh, yeah. start watching and a team that all the games are televised all of them so you might have to wake up early yeah you might have to wake up early but but it's actually accessible where before yeah. like in college i would have to google watch <laughs> liverpool versus yeah. arsenal free and, and then see whatever comes up website yeah. that yeah i remember those days <clears throat> yeah it's nice now you can watch it all on nbc sports and yep yeah and and remembering too like as you pick a team and start watching give it like a season yep don't don't compare it to american football or baseball or anything american there's so much more to offer soccer has so much more to offer than just the face value of what you see in watching a game and and so much more than just the end score line yeah like so many more things you can judge like looking at a game yeah like the end score is not just that's the finite and that's it but like Mm -hmm. the better team can lose in a soccer game because there's other things at play than just skill yeah, there's um, a lot of a lot of strategy, a lot yeah. of uh, individual brilliance. Yeah. So do your research. Pick a team that I don't know. Just don't pick it based off, like you said, titles and wins. Yeah. Because there's a lot of good teams in EPL. Yep. Full of them. You know. Yeah, and so. if you want to get uh, in on a team that's probably on a downswing, uh, may I suggest Manchester United? <laughs> for, for real. <laughs> on a downswing. Awful. <laughs> uh, they won. They won against Leicester, but this is. Year three of Mourinho. Uh, He's and about tra- to traditionally, that team, yeah. <laughs> Mourinho lights fire to the team <laughs> on does. his way out of town. He a does. Third year. Yeah. So, yeah, pick a team, follow along. We'll talk about it every single week. 
recaps and whatever else, but yep. it'll be good.